0: Episode 222 Above Ground Podcast Conversations of Courage with Erica Barber. Disclaimer The host of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves,
1: they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your
0: purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Coming at you live with real conversations about mental health from the peer perspective, it's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now your hosts, TPP and Will Foley. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast above ground podcast because you can't serve below no you can't tpp what's up man good thursday evening to you what's going on uh you know same old same yeah yeah but we got a little different going on tonight right yeah we got it we got a guest in house uh we're gonna talk um we're gonna talk some serious stuff uh it is suicide prevention awareness month after all and uh, as we've been doing since we've started um above ground podcast back in 2019 4 years ago uh over 4 years ago um we have a uh, dedicate september to suicide prevention awareness month and uh timmy why don't you uh introduce our guest tonight
2: well I just, as you were saying we we uh every september we always um hold space for people families you know survivors and um i i just happened to come across an article from erica barber um, where she kind of it was a uh, little short video and then uh, um some some words and uh she was just explaining that she lost her sister at a young age and then her father and uh, i just thought it would be a a, a great person to have on the podcast. So I reached out and thankfully she replied and um, and she's here with us tonight. So thank you, Erica, for being here.
1: Oh, it is completely my pleasure. And I was glad you found being reached out. And like I said to you when we spoke, you know, these are the kinds of conversations that have to happen in every kind of environment and especially just casual conversations. That's where we need to start getting comfortable with talking about mental health and Maybe I'm not always doing
0: okay. Right. Being comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's how we start. And that's, and you know what? And you said it as we were leading into this, we were talking about connection and it all comes back to connection. So how about we start with your connection to AFSP because we're connected to AFSP, obviously. So it's kind of a nice um, umbrella thing here on Above Ground Podcast to have another year and another another new friend from AFSP to have, even though I'd rather not have to have that friendship because of that, but we have the connection now.
1: We certainly do. Yeah, so my connection with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention started in probably 2007. Um, I had lost my sister in 1983, so it was several years after my sister Andrea died. Um, I was 15 when my sister died in 1983. So as a 15 year old, I was really not interested in working through my grief. I wanted to ignore it. I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to be just another student at school and not the one whose sister died by suicide. So I was not in that space of, of you know really grieving her loss or figuring out what that meant for my own life and my own identity until I was in college. (laughs) And so I started struggling too um, with mental health issues and then that just sort of made me have to revisit my grief because everybody knows you can't ignore it. It's not gonna go away. It's gonna come bubble up in some form later. So you have to do the work, right? Um, And so part of that was, I was driving to work one day and heard on the radio an ad for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention out of the darkness overnight walk which was a fundraiser that is a it was a nationwide walk so it was held in Chicago this that year in 2007 and when i listened to the ad like i had never spoken about my sister's death there was nobody that really could relate to me and in in, in that time frame even early 2000s nobody was really talking about it let alone in 1983 um, so when i heard this ad about you know, this is there's a walk, and there's going to be people that have lost loved ones to suicide. This is the purpose of the walk. Um, you know, people with connections to loss to suicide uh, struggles, a mental health struggles, meeting in one location and really having a voice to to really honor their loved ones, honor their own journeys, um, and talk about it. I was like, yes, get me get me there. So that's how I started my involvement. Um, with AFSP. And I've been, I've been gradually more and more involved through the years. Um, I mentioned before we we started chatting that I uh, was on the board of directors for the Illinois chapter for well over 10 years and and my term just ended. Um, but yeah, that was, it's been, a, it's a, a great part of my healing still today.
0: Yeah. As we were catching up, uh, we realized that we were both at the same conference just before lockdown in 2020, which was cool. And I, I I met so many people that weekend and that weekend was kind of bookended with some, like, it was, it was tough coming down from that weekend. Kobe Bryant died that weekend too. And uh, his helicopter had crashed that Saturday night and nobody, like I had just found out Sunday when the conference ended and I was having a really hard time when the conference ended that time. So it was nice to meet you then. And it's nice to have you here with us this evening. That's great.
1: Thank you.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. As years have gone on, we start with, well, how does it, how is it to handle the loss of your sister and then the loss of your father?
1: Yeah. um, Well, like I mentioned, I was 15 when my sister died and you know, my parents kind of handled and grieved her death in different ways. My mom sort of isolated herself. She self-medicated with alcohol, um, didn't seek help at all. And my dad was the one who sought out support groups. Um, You know, he he also struggled with depression and anxiety, but he was in treatment. He was, you know, taking the medication as prescribed and doing everything the doctors were asking. And really kind of was probably handling my sister's death the best. Um, you know, seeking help and and myself and my mom really were not um
2: how old was your sister is it Andrea is that-
1: Andrea yeah she Andrea was four, yeah she was four and a half years older than I was so she was 20 when she died okay um and her and she too was diagnosed with severe depression but you know from what I remember it was a very sort of short, journey from the time that she was diagnosed to the time that she died by suicide. And and of course we know that, you know, she may have been struggling much longer than that. Um, It was just what I had seen as a 15 year old um, at the time where it was really noticeable to me that my sister was struggling. Um, So when my dad, my dad died 30 years later by suicide, I, I, you know, some people have said, well, you know, it's happened once in your family, Almost like you should have expected it, which I just I just don't think you ever do. Right. You you always have hope that someone struggling is is going to find a way to um, manage their their challenges, their mental health challenges. And in my mind, you know, my dad was the one that was reaching out for help all the time. So it, it was very much a shock to me um, to also lose my dad to suicide. And it, and it was a very tough journey for me. I actually decided to stop working for a while and go on disability because I didn't want to do what I did when my sister died and ignore my grief. I really wanted to take the time to feel every horrible emotion and, and work through it um, the best I can. I think it was the best decision I could have made is really to kind of devote that time to my own healing. Um, and fortunately my employer was so understanding and allowed me that time to, to really integrate both of their losses. Cause I revisited my sister's loss when my dad died um, so that I could be in a much healthier place.
2: I was actually going to ask you that question with, you know, with the, with, with your dad's law with the loss of your father, did that bring up the past with your sister? You know, maybe stuff that, because let's face it, like you said, 1983, and even what year was your father? Was it 2013 or? Uh,
1: 2015, my dad died.
2: 2015, so it, you know, even 2015, like, you know, people people don't really want to talk about suicide. You know, the word alone, saying suicide, it just... freaks people out and and the ignorance that surrounds it as you kind of just displayed with, you know, people saying, Oh, well, you you kind of should have expected it with, you know, it's like, uh, you know, so, so I guess, yeah. I did. My question I guess would be, did, did the, your sister's passing come up through your father's as well? And it just kind of, you know,
1: yeah, no, it's a
2: resurface.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think what it did, too, is, you know, my mom struggled, too, obviously, with mental health challenges. And, and um, you know, she wasn't, besides the grieving, she also struggled herself with depression untreated. She never went to the the doctors for treatment either. Um, and so really, what I started to really struggle with after my dad died was, yeah, I, I did revisit my, my sister's um, death as well. But I also started getting really afraid for myself because now I've had two people in my family, which is half of my family. And if I count my mother's um, challenges too, that's all of my family. Who's really struggled with mental health conditions and two of them died by suicide. So does that mean that I'm going to die by suicide? That was something I had to work through too. Fortunately, I was, um, still, I was on the board for the AFSP Illinois chapter. And I, I knew, I I knew, which a lot of people don't, I knew the facts about suicide. I researched a lot. Um, I learned that suicide is not uh, a destiny. It is not a genetic trait. Um, You know, mental health can have genetic predispositions. I know my family does. I know in my family there's depression, suicide, and anxiety, not suicide, sorry, depression and anxiety. Um, And I struggle with those. I've been recently diagnosed with an anxiety challenge as well. So I know that that part of, of my family's story, um, can go, can filter back to me, but suicide doesn't have to, right. It doesn't have to be my story and I can keep educating. I can keep reaching out. I know it's not a a character flaw to do that or a weakness. And I think that's where we have to get better at acknowledging that we are all on the sliding scale of mental health at any given point. No one is at this perfect, you know, ultimate, I am totally healthy all the time state, we slide all over that, that path. Um, You know, throughout our lives, sometimes we're healthier than others, but it doesn't mean we, we are predestined for anything. And so I I came out of that um, dilemma, really, after my dad died with kind of a more solid answer for myself that carries me forward every single day
0: yeah i I'm so glad that you've been able to recover from that and 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 turn such a loss into such a positive thing. I will say this. um suicidal ideation is a real thing to live with, and people who have severe persistent mental illness have serious um suicidal ideations all the time and those things are to be taken seriously um no I, I i don't know if if i the genetic thing i i i tend to have my own arguments about that just because of what my own experience has been and listening to yours uh you know to for you to for anybody to to argue i mean maybe there's no maybe nobody's figured out the code yet but I I think some of this is really more genetic than they really lend to because there's just way too many correlations between all the things that you talked about. And then even when you talk about substance abuse, and then that's a Mm -hmm. whole other topic that people don't talk about when it's related to suicide, because a lot of substance abuse overdoses are really suicides that are not related or Mm -hmm. counted as that. Mm -hmm. Now, as we sit here um, we are on the verge of uh, on September 24th here in Saratoga is our out of the darkness walk for Rita. When is your walk in Chicago?
1: The Chicago lane walk is October 21st, Saturday. Okay. The
0: 25th, so. All right, good. Mm-hmm. So this will be out way before then. So.
1: Great. Great. Yeah. We'd Excellent. love to have, you know, anyone with an interest or connection join us. Cause like you said, it's, it's about, connections. And, and that's, for the, that's definitely where I found mine, um, years ago.
0: I, I'm curious to know as, you, um, does anybody reach out to you about your sister ever?
1: You know, it's <laughs> my friends have, there's a few friends that I've had for since junior high. So they did know her, um, And occasionally they'll they'll share memories of her, which I always love, because there's things I just don't remember after 40 years. It'll be 40 years this year that my sister died in December. Um, And so the longer there is that time frame between when I lost my sister to suicide and now, I mean, my memories get fuzzy too. So it's always, it always makes me smile to hear somebody else share a memory of her. actually one of her friends from high school moved back in with her parents who live across the street from me. And, um, and so it was really kind of a neat connection to, to know that there's somebody else that has their own memories of Andrea. Um, and so it just does, it makes me smile. And I know there's, um, some people that think, you know, we shouldn't talk about her. It'll might upset me, but truly it just, it makes me so happy to know that my sister's memory and legacy are beyond me you know they, they live on other, on other people and just for me to be able to share in that adds to my life you know it adds to my memories of my sister Lynn too so it's great when I can find someone that ha- that knew her and isn't afraid to talk about her
0: is it Andrea is it A-N-D-R-E-A
1: yes
2: Yeah. Okay. do you think that having your father die by suicide years later, did you, was there anything that had you kind of not prepared for the, the actual event, but emotionally prepared? Like, was there anything that, because you went through it with your sister, was there something mm-hmm. that maybe kind of stuck out to you that maybe like helped? like whether it was a, um, you know, some kind of positive distraction or, you know, a hobby or something that you may have developed since your sister did, did anything like that occur that kind of helped a bit with your father?
1: So, so things that helped in my healing journey as a result of my sister's.
2: Yeah. I just, I mean, in, in general, but I just didn't know if there was something that kind of was already almost in place because of your sister. And then
1: yeah. You know, after my sister died, I was I was a big journaler. I like to write poetry um, and I've always been an advocate for that. And, you know, just getting the stuff out of your head through writing, I think, is really powerful. And so that's something that I continue to do after my dad died. It just helped me kind of understand my own emotions and um, just get, you know, like I said, get it out of my head so that I could sleep at night. Because, you know, after a while, you just things start turning in your in your brain. Um, so I think, I would think that was one of my big, um, tools to my healing again is, is journaling and writing. Um, part of what I did after my sister died is I started, I was working at a children's hospital at the time, several years later when I started, um, sort of writing my, my story down. So I was an adult by that point, but I, I created a workbook for kids who had lost a sibling. Um, and so that was kind of a therapeutic piece for me to do as well. Um, and I, I you know, I, I'd like to continue to, to maybe investigate that going further um, today, you know, with my story about my the loss of my dad and, and multiple family members to suicide. and I journal uh, on that periodically as well. So that's been a big a big tool that I continue to use as writing. Yeah.
2: Excellent. Is there something that in the in the writing for the one that you did for um, for children that lost a sibling, is there anything that stands out that you could kind of just throw at us right now, so we can kind of get it out there?
1: Um, well, the first the first workbook was was sibling loss, and it was very it was not specific to suicide loss. Um, I, I tell my story. I told my story on one page, and I was very honest and truthful about how my sister died. I used the terminology, and I really think that that's such an important thing. Um, when you're speaking with children about a lost suicide is that we're truthful um, because healing can't happen any other way. And we can put terms in, 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 in words that children can understand and, and process. Um, so prior to my dad dying, I did start another workbook. I finished it. It's a fundraiser for AFSP called Conversations of Courage, which is specific to suicide loss and how do you talk to children when there's been a loved one who dies by suicide. And it's also a workbook Um, because it's hard, right? It's hard to know how to do that. Uh, We want to protect our kids. And we think some of that might be in not really telling the truth, but that's really not helpful to a child's healing journey. They're eventually going to need to to process that loss. Um, And as many of us know, they probably know more than what they're saying. And they probably know why their loved one died as well. Um, And we don't want to jeopardize, you know, the, the, the truthful and the honest relationships that we have with our kids. Um, so there's ways to do that, and I think that's that's a huge message. Is, is, is you know, if parents are not sure how to do that, or caregivers aren't sure how to approach that conversation, there's so many professional um, therapists and 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 counselors that can can kind of guide the way there.
2: Agree. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much for sharing that. I appreciate that. I apologize for having to get up for a minute. No,
2: that's
1: okay. Um,
0: write, writing is such a vital thing when it comes to clearing our thoughts and and allowing us to process things differently. As Tim knows, I, from Tim writing a book himself, it's therapeutic and I'm working on my struggles with writing myself right now. So um, have you, do you continue to write and do you write about your own struggles now, and where are you with your own struggles? Because you've mentioned that you've had your own struggle. So at some yeah. point those rear their ugly head during this process of cleaning up all the past.
1: Yes, they do. Yes. I still journal. I still journal. And um, you know, the nice thing about journaling is that you can just tear it up when you're done. So you don't have to like save it. You know, you have to worry about someone finding it. You can just get it out. And then shred it, um, and a lot, or tear it up. Which you know, for me, with anger issues, sometimes about things, is is another way to do that. Um, so yeah, I still do journal. Uh, I know that you know, suicide loss and my healing journey and my own mental health struggles are not anything that I am going to get over, and I'm okay with that. I don't want to get over that. That would mean that I'm totally fine with how things have played out, and I'm I don't think I'll ever be there. Right? I, I'm never gonna say I'm so glad I struggle with anxiety. Um, but I can, I, I can know that with my grief and with my own struggles, there are going to be really crappy days, really tough days. But I also have, I know when I'm having one of those, those are temporary too. And there's better days because I've had them too. So having those experiences kind of is a good teacher to that. Um, I used to think, you know, there's going to be a day when I am completely healed. I'm going to be cured. I'm not going to feel this grief anymore. It's just not, that's not realistic. We are human and we are on a human path, right? It's not ever, we just have to day by day, be where we are and know that it's not forever.
2: I think that's a very important piece of this is, is we're human. Like you said, you know, we're, we're all human. We're meant to to feel these things. We have emotions for a reason, you know, and, and if if there was love present, there's going to be grief present. That's just how it works. It's not, you know, it's no, there's no faulty wiring. There's no, you know, right or wrong. It's just how it is. It's, it, it, it's a human feeling all these different things and going through all these different things.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's tough. I mean, it can be very tough on those days. So it just feels like there, it's, this is never going to end.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you said, and I think, you know, if we, you know, if we have a, a, a strong, you know, kind of uh, support system, or even if we just rem- remind ourselves daily that it's not going to be forever, you know, right. I think one of the, one of the most important things you said is it doesn't have to be my story, you know, and that, that right there is, is just like that pillar of of, of light and strength and, and You know, just saying that just doesn't it doesn't have to be your story, you know. Right.
1: And I'm a big advocate, too, for, you know, I I know I know of people that think there's a magic pill that was going to fix everything. Um, And I I believe there is value in medications. Oh, yeah. Right. And I also believe. We need to be active participants in our healing. It can't just be done to us or done for us. We have to participate. And sometimes it's very uncomfortable and we have to push through that, right? There are yeah, things that exactly. I have done, had to do. One of them is I had to seek out a, a therapist and say to her exactly what I was struggling with, which I've not done. And that's a scary thing, but it takes so much courage to do that, to actually go out and and you know seek out help first of all, but then be totally open and vulnerable with someone. So because that's the way we get better when we cannot hide anymore. And honestly, the thing that got me to that therapist was the thought of, you know what, there is nothing, and I tell this to my friends, I'm like, it's kind of like going to the gynecologist. And I know you guys can't really relate to that, but <laughs> it's kind of like this doctor is is not going to hear you say anything that they haven't heard before, right? There is nothing you're going to shock them with. Um, so if it's the worst thought you can think of, if it's the worst thing you, or the worst thing about you you can possibly disclose about something, it's it's not the first time. And guess what? It's you know that's how we get better is, is bringing these conversations out in the open and our vulnerabilities and totally honesty um, is going to get us a lot further in our journeys than than hiding or being afraid of of just reaching out and, and just being completely honest about what we're struggling with.
0: People have a hard time with transparency when it comes to shedding light on their darkest uh, spaces spaces. For sure. But honestly, that's why like I I'm pretty comfortable being uncomfortable, but I'm also pretty comfortable starting the most uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> so um it helps to break the ice sometimes because sometimes you can do it in a way that is an icebreaker that is shocking, but but still gets to the point without being completely mm-hmm. over For the sure. top.
2: For sure.
0: How are you doing now? Like what is your what is your goal for the next year or two and you're just maintaining your balance in life?
1: That's a good question. Cause balance is so important. Um, yeah. So I, for, for many years now, um, I have been finding purpose in volunteering and largely with the American foundation for suicide prevention. So for over ten years, I was on their board, and I was very involved in all things AFSP Illinois. Um, in the past six years, I joined their Loss and Healing Council. It's a national Loss and Healing Council um, that is really dedicated to to helping further those initiatives of AFSP to helping suicide loss survivors. And the past three years, I've served as chair on that council. So, a lot of my life has been spent sort of with the cause. So it's funny that you asked me that because it's this year I've really started and maybe it's because it's Andrea's 40th anniversary this December that's really kind of caused me to pause a little bit and say all right so part of my identity is suicide loss survivor. Part of what how I've spent my life is in honor and tribute to my family and hopefully doing things to help others on this journey. Um and now I look at the year ahead and think, okay, so what can I do for me outside of that, my life, what defines me other than loss? So I think next year, it's going to be kind of reflective that way. I still want to continue and I will um, with my volunteer work and uh, you know helping lost survivors is a passion of mine, um, working on my own growth and managing my own mental health struggles and issues is definitely always on my plate. Um, But beyond that, who am I? And so hopefully I will have more answers by the end of next year, because I hope to really kind of devote some time to figuring that out.
0: Um, As a dedicated member of AFSP who, you know, who who came to AFSP out of his own struggles, um, Mm -hmm. I I thank you for the work that you've done. And I appreciate all that you've given. And I am so sorry that this had to happen because of the loss of your sister and your father.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And thank you for your involvement and and connection there too. I think, you know, getting involved and taking, taking our own struggles and taking our own experiences and, and finding purpose in that to make this world better is amazing. So thank you for that too.
0: I find it very important to remember the lost. Um, My first experience with suicide loss was in high school. Uh, A sister of two of my friends died by suicide and she was in our school chorus. And recently I've, I've actually had a couple of experiences about talking about her and people were surprised that I even remembered her, but I never forgot her because I, my mother's attempted suicide twice. Um, I had my own struggles. Um, so it's, it's something that always stood out to me. And for many years, I didn't deal with my own mental health in my twenties. I ignored it because I didn't want to deal with it. I had faced it my whole, it was just, you know, it colored my whole entire world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, As we, as we start to round things down, uh, what is up? with your walk for October what what can people expect in Illinois because we don't we haven't had anybody who's actually had other walks to talk about from other parts Ooh. of the country so it would be awesome to share that with people so maybe sure. we can even take maybe we can even steal stuff
1: okay no that's totally great I think that's the way we grow right Um, so our walk again is October 21st at Montrose Harbor which is a beautiful harbor right along the lakefront there, Lake Michigan. Um, So it's only a 5K walk and some people choose not to do it because there's plenty of other things on site to do. We have lots of tents, um, tent activities. We have an education tent with all free resources. Um, People are welcome to, we have a raffle on site. So a little bit more of a kind of a lighter tent there, a lighter emotional tent. You can come in and, and peruse the items and all the proceeds still benefit the mission to save lives and bring hope to those affected by suicide Um, yeah we have just a lot of activities some art activities you know children are welcome there we have a sign making activity area as well uh afsp store with merchandise it's it's a it's a really it's a lovely event it's one of the largest in the nation it has been for several years um and just you know a lot of people kind of I don't, I don't know if this is true with your walk, but I know there's people I've heard say, well, wow, it's got to be such a depressing place to be. Um, and, you know, it's definitely it's an environment where we do honor those we've lost and we honor our own struggles. But I have never been in a more hopeful space uh, either. You know, we're all there. The connections you can they're palpable um, there. Some of them are lifelong that get established there. Um, there's no having to explain anything to anyone. We all get it. You know, whenever I'm in the midst of of people that have a connection to this cause, I just feel like I'm home. And that's what it kind of feels like at these walks and these events, for sure.
0: Yeah, we definitely make Rita that way. Uh, Rita was started by a group of women who lost one of their dear friends, who was Rita. And they are still involved. And they are amazing women who just have an undying, you know, just want to celebrate and and remember, and uh we thank you for that. And Chicago, I would love to come to Chicago. There's some art in Chicago that I I need to go see because there's some Picasso's in Chicago that are oh yeah soon
1: yeah um, come, on <laughs> come on out come on come on the twenty first yeah I, I wish <laughs> <laughs> yeah I so know can I just send send you the or say out the call out the registration page if anybody is interested. yeah absolutely yeah
0: absolutely please do.
1: All right. So that would be AFSP. So that's the American foundation for suicide prevention. AFSP.org forward slash Chicago is the registration page and you can walk, you can donate, you can volunteer. We'd love to have you out.
0: Yeah. And if you're out there in Chicago and you're listening, man, please go, go celebrate. And if, and if you heard it here, let Erica know you heard it here too, that you heard our interview because this will be out before, uh, before the walk. So that's great. You had mentioned, um,
2: just a second ago and even before will and i have have always talked about connection and uh it's just i've always known that it had such a huge impact and it was such a big variable in this but uh, i'm starting to realize that it's a lot of people think that they they have this feeling that they're alone or I'm alone and you know I feel lonely and I think it's it's really the absence of connection is what it is cuz you can be surrounded by people and feel alone yes. you know and I think being in that environment like you said with other people that can relate to your situation and you know celebrate a life and remember a loss there's that connection you know and like you said some of those are lifelong connections so I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I just felt like I needed to kind of reiterate that again. Uh, the connection part of this is, is just so huge.
1: It and is. I
2: think, I think we'd lose sight of it. Timmy, no, it's actually,
0: true. may I just say something real quick? Cause Timmy just actually kind of brought an insight to me that like, I think what I've learned from the Rita stuff and working at this is that I've connected to myself. Like this sure. has allowed me to help me connect back to myself because it allowed me to face a lot of realities that I hadn't faced in brutal terms, you know, as saying like, I I could have been one of these people on one of these things. It's just like, and I'm just, it dawned on me that, wow, it's like it that connection to myself again, it allowed me to see things that i wasn't willing to see or or couldn't see because i didn't know until i came to afsp that there was you know there was language for it
2: sure so. and that's that's why we you know that's why we do that that's why we have eric on here because you know her story can be somebody else's survival guide and just something that she said might click with somebody or something that you said well might click with somebody and just you know, have that little light bulb of hope and and maybe they kind of further their education on it or interest in it. And, and it, and it works, you know, but you know, you have to be active in it. You know, if you want to go swimming, you can't stand at the side of a lake and look at the water. You have to get in the water and go swimming. It's an active process.
0: Yeah. This is a very active approach and it's dirty and it's nasty and it's, it's painful. But like you said,
2: the connections that you make. And then I think the most important one will what you just said, the connection with yourself, you know, that is the most important one that you can take from this. And and if you can take, you can learn something from Erica or somebody else and take something and, and add it to your daily routine and, or your daily practice in life and have your life become better because of it. I mean, that's, you know what I mean? That's the ultimate Thing right there. That's what we're doing. We're we're passing the torch and sharing ideas and sharing survival tips and tools on how to how to make make it through this. You know,
0: that is what we're doing. And thank you to Erica for being here. Thank you, Erica. Thank you so much um for just your contribution to the light. Because that's how I, I I have a lighthouse that's tattooed on my arm, and I I'm lighthouses have really come to uh, signify my journey in a lot of ways and, and kind of how I view how all of this kind of plays in together. I love that. And, and as we round, uh, second and we come into third, it's time to end it with three questions. Um, I, we, we used to send out the questions because they used to be the same all the time, but we always kind of leave it now just as they last couple of the last question will always be the same. So, but Timmy, please take it away. So Erica, if somebody listening right now,
2: whether they're struggling themselves or they know somebody who's struggling, what, what, what could you say to them? What would you like to say to them?
1: I would say reach out to someone you trust. Um, you know, don't keep it inside. There are so many people that can help that have been there that you know probably you know are there. Um, and have found ways to manage and, and hopefully that can be a strength for you it is not a character flaw to reach out it is really a sign of strength truly a sign of courage and we need we need you here you know we need you here so um so please reach out don't think it's a it's a weakness
0: as you have overcome your or i shouldn't say overcome as you have learned to manage and live with your grief, what is something that you can share with us as far as your self-help or self-care stuff that helps you get through this?
1: You know, I think it's understanding that grief is, and, and I know it might be an overused phrase, but it truly is a journey. It is not something that you know, an end result you'll get to, um, there's going to be, you know, I have still had tough days about thinking about my sister's death. I still get angry about my father's death. I, you know, and some, and some days I feel completely happy, you know, with his, um, anniversary recently, which has always been a really tough day for me. Uh, July 25th was the anniversary, uh, eight year anniversary of my dad's death. And it was the first year for some reason that I Felt like I could celebrate my dad's life and not be so submerged in the way he died. And so uh, we made root beer floats because that was my dad's favorite thing. Um, so I think you know, just knowing it's okay to have those years where you're just feeling in really tough emotions, and then then feeling okay, and knowing it's okay too to feel joy and smile and laugh, and still is part of the journey too. Um, and and remembering who, how they lived, not just, you know, how they died. They were much more than the way that they died.
2: Wow. That's awesome. Well, what is your father's name?
1: My dad's name is John.
0: John. Okay. John. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Dude. I mean, how could we not root beer floats? Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, if, and now if, if, Erica, if you Now I'm craving to- one. Right. But it, Erica may have not listened to some of the episodes. Uh, Tim and I have a, a friend of ours, Jordan, who has been on the a podcast a bunch of times as, as a guest to come in and talk with us. And uh, we're always, we're always joking about root beer. And we're oh, always see. talking about root beer. So it's just, it was, that was, that, that <laughs> okay. I got a little, I got a little tingle when that happened. Now I can now I wish I had some root beer. I only have the other kind of beer. <laughs>
1: doesn't taste as good as ice cream. I imagine. No, it does
0: not. <laughs> no. no, it does not.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: So the last question
2: we have is if there was something that, you could do or that you would like to see done for mental health as a whole without any kind of restraint, what would it be?
1: Wow. That's a good one. I would say, and I know we work on it all the time, but parody, um, giving access, free access, <laughs> widely receivable access to everyone to care, to, to help. Yes. And I know that we struggle with that, but that would be my, that would be my focus, my wish.
0: Yes. Yeah. I wish parody was like really 70% there is it's hard. There's not enough people. There really isn't. There's way too many consumers for the professionals these days. And it's, it's, it seems to be like we're reaching a sort of scary point in a way.
1: Yeah, that and I think, you know, a lot of it, too, is we have a long way to go with our healthcare system, too, and really being able to, to treat treat mental health conditions much more
0: effectively. Um, oh, wow. Without a doubt. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, long, long, long way to go. Both my dad and my sister were in treatment at the time that they died. And even when I saw, you know, a therapist, um, I was astounded to find out that most therapists, if not the majority, don't perceive any education on how to help uh even on suicide awareness about how to help someone who's struggling or how to help a grief um survivor loss they just don't have it in their education system and so that would be a huge ask too is just let's start educating our providers so they're in a better position to help us all
2: that's a that's a good one very good one i like that a lot i i actually would like to think that you know more in these modern times that 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 it is added in, in their education, but I, I don't know. And I, I actually never even thought to ask and until you just said it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty, um, that's a good one.
0: Let me, let me just make one caveat to that though. The way that you are your best advocate or the best advocate for anyone is to know yourself. So go seek out the education because the education is free. Don't leave it up to your doctors. Don't leave it. Like, don't, I mean, like, again, like, again, like, this is the argument You, you, like, yes, you want teachers to teach, but you can't leave up all of education to teachers. Just like you can't leave teachers to be your babysitters. Just like you can't, you can't expect your, like, everybody's just, you have to know the, you have to know the stuff yourself. There's certainly enough people who have enough TikTok Watch enough people who should know some of this stuff and have enough knowledge to go. Yeah, but you can't get
2: talk. you can't rely on tock man. Well, I, I know, I know, well, I know that I understand. There's definitely a there's, defi- <laughs> there's definitely a balance, but I think I mean but you do need to know something, But
0: you but you need to know things need to be about your own the advocate, people. You sure. need to be your own advocate. But if you know somebody in your own family is struggling, okay, then there are certain things that you can find out that don't take any money or more than five minutes anybody can google anything just google afsp that'll give you enough stuff and that'll teach you at least get you to the next spot or or find a nami there's things out there that'll at least get or find above ground podcast even jesus just to hear some knowledge (laughs) or something but i'm just saying like you need to arm yourself with it too because oh, yeah, again sure. like cuz again you know how this is man we've talked about this and i actually took a photo of my doctor's mental health screen sheet one day just because i wanted it for my own reference and it's it's a joke like it's a joke <laughs> the things they ask are ridiculous like they asked me if i if if i was depressed and i'm like yes i'm depressed every day i live with depression like that's like again like you're not getting to anything when you're asking these things i just tell them no the more than usual
2: <laughs> They're like, uh what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Are you gonna hurt yourself? I, you know, more than usual.
0: Yeah, exactly. But and and I'm not making light of this, but I I'm 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 being honest when I say like these things. I I liken my depression and things to the wolves of the hellhounds of the old blues days. Robert Johnson's Hellhounds on My Trail, where the wolves kind of come and stay at my back door. They used to leave. They used to play. They used to howl. they used to have fun. Now they howl and play, but they stay at the door and they're always there. And that depression never leaves. It's just managed at times more so Mm -hmm. than others.
1: Yeah. And I know it can be hard to advocate for yourself too. And and I think that's where we have to find someone that can do it for us. Right. Absolutely. You know, and that's the other thing too, when you do find a provider, you know, if it's not a good fit, don't feel bad about saying it's not a good fit. Like if, if their approach isn't working for whatever it is, for your own mental health challenges or for grief support, find someone else. It's okay to walk away, you know? And, yeah. know, and I'm so glad know, you,
2: yeah. so glad you said that. Cause I wanted to say that. And uh, yeah, definitely. Like it, it's that's, I, I think from what I have talked to people and, and kind of witnessed hearing different stories is is that that's a big issue is that people kind of take that risk and take that leap to go get help. And, mm-hmm. and either, either they're booked up, they don't have any, they're not taking new patients or, you know, maybe they, they have a couple sessions and they're, they're just not a good fit and they don't know, you know what I mean? You don't know what you do. You don't know what to do. So, yeah, you know,
1: a, but like you were saying, well, you know, if we can go in with education, then we know what to expect of our providers too.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I get a little overzealous some about the education part of it, but I, I but it's true. We, we need a knowledge. We need to arm ourselves with at least a little bit of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, next time you're at an event, pick up a brochure, pick up, like there's things out there. You can find them. Erica, okay. thank you so much for being here this evening. It has been a pleasure uh, connecting with you and, and, and getting to remember Andrea and John. thank you so much your your sister and dad um i'm so sorry for your losses and i i can't express to you how grateful we are to have you on the show thank you
1: thank you for the opportunity and thanks for saying their names because that's how we keep them and they're that's
0: exactly yes
1: thank
2: you it's exactly how we do it you know i think we have to keep their memory alive and just keep saying their names you know it's the little things the little things
1: Yep. Those are the big things, right? Thanks so much. And the big
2: things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. Timmy, what a conversation, man. Another night, another conversation and conversations of courage, conversations of courage and connection, man. And uh, as we roll in through and into another suicide prevention awareness month, please um, check out the links below for the October walk in Chicago, if you're in Chicago, but if you're here in New York, September 24th, Out of the Darkness, Walk for Rita, Saratoga State Park, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Come start registering. If you're not, get online, AFSP.org. Uh, until next week, get well. Be safe. Stay
2: above thank you for giving us a listen new episodes every wednesday if you listen on apple podcast you can share rate review and even subscribe so you'll never miss an episode other ways to support the show follow us on social media share the content share our episodes you can also buy us a coffee